welcome to iloveedmontonrealestate.com. My name is Jason Scott. I'm your host. And with me today is Paul Foster. Paul is the owner of Contact Renovations. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Okay, so obviously renovations is a major, major issue uh, for people in, in terms of real estate. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the renovation world. Well, I guess initially my exposure was via my father. He was a cabinet maker. He used to renovate our houses and build our garages, etc. So I've learned through, I guess, exposure from the process working with him. Um, then I guess... Earlier in my career, I worked as a resort manager in, in Whistler, BC, and I, I started to oversee the renovation projects for our buildings. Um, those went well. It was enjoyable for us. Um, they were successful. Um, fast forward a few years, I decided to relocate back to Edmonton and had difficulty finding work back in resort management. So I started doing renovations for friends and family. And one thing led to another, and here we are today, we're eight years in to contact renovations, and we're well-established, and that's how we got here. So your company has won some awards in the industry. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. We have a profile on house.com, and that's a database of anything to do with architecture, design, renovations, construction. And um, through our peers and client base, we were awarded best of house for customer service for the last two years, and that's the two years we've had a profile there. Mm-hmm. We also have recently been uh, become a Baumler approved contractor, and we also have uh, an A plus status with the Better Business Bureau. Okay, uh, sorry, what's Baumler? Baumler approved is there's a guy named Brian Baumler, and he's kind of a HDTV celebrity, and he's a very reputable contractor from the East Coast, and he's leveraging his good reputation by starting a program called Baumler Approved where they go around and they vet contractors um, to meet a very high standard of service, quality of work, transparency. And they approached us and said, asked us if we want to become a part of their program. So we applied for it and went through their vetting process and signed us on. And and uh, so we recently became a, an Baumler approved contractor. Gotcha. Okay. What sort of renovation projects do you guys specialize in? Well, what, what I enjoy most are the custom renovation where we get to go in and help with design and do something that ultimately makes that space truly fit the client's need and ideally it's the person who's renovating for their own personal use of the space long term we don't get involved in flipping houses often ideally we get in there and make that space someone's personal dream space for their long-term use so are there certain renovations where a person gets more bang for their dollar in terms of return on investment yeah, I would say that uh, typically, yes, the kitchen renovation, the bathroom renovations, you would get the biggest bang for your buck on those investments into the home. Um, other things would be that are smart to do would be windows and, and you know, the general uh, upkeep of the home is smart. But getting into very expensive, ornate design and exotic features that might be date stamped, I would say are not typically good investments mm-hmm. in the long run. Okay. So can, you, can you give me an example of something like that? I guess something to do like you, you'd see in lots of older homes now, you see these green, blue bathtubs, toilet sinks. That's a good example of something that was date stamped and you see it nowadays, you're like, oh my goodness, get that out of my house. <laughs> and those are things you want to avoid in today's market with products for renovation. You see a lot of 
countertops that are far out or tile patterns that are really extreme. Those can be very polarizing where somebody might love it, but a lot of people really might hate it. So those are the type of choices we try to help keep clients, help steer them away from them and keep things not necessarily neutral, but to avoid date stamping their project so that it can look amazing and up to date in 10 years Mm -hmm. and not, holy smokes, that was clearly a renovation that was done in 2010. Look at this particular pattern and we see it every now and then still there are certain products we stay steer clear of because of that right okay so do you guys do all sorts of renovation work so everything from floors to windows to redoing the bathroom etc yes we do we do everything from kitchen bathroom to whole whole house renovations additions garage suites uh, basement development secondary suites so within those projects we handle everything right from design through procurement, delivery of the project, all the way through and all the processes within. Okay, gotcha. And how is your company different than you know other contractors that are in the Edmonton market? I'd say primarily it's our dedication to the customer service and transparency within how we estimate. A lot of people come out and will give you a very appealing bottom line on a first run of an estimate only to see that number get driven up through revisions or through change order in the long run. Whereas we are very transparent right up front. The number we bring right off the start is the number or very darn close to it. We're very transparent within how we quote. Everything is line itemized by category. So you see how much is spent on framing, drywall, plumbing, electrical, etc. And then we also, in our, within our quotes, we break it down by room. So you can see how much each room costs within the renovation as well. So you can see the spread of the money and it's like, there's nothing we can hide. It's very much out in the open. Here's the cost of your project. Here's where all the dollars go. And we're very upfront about that and transparent. And we go through our, our quotes line by line with our clients to answer any questions they have. And in the end, they understand well, why the project costs so much. And if it's too much money, we can help revise the scope of work to bring it back into a more comfortable cost for them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably a pretty common thing for you know someone to start off with one idea of a renovation and then suddenly things start spiraling and spreading and you're going down this rabbit hole of, hey, if I've done this work, I may as well do the next room and the next room and the next room, right? Yeah, absolutely. We call that scope creep. And what often happens is somebody has an initial idea for the renovation or initial scope and then they get excited. Or we might have some good ideas that we think make good sense for them to add to their project, understanding that it adds cost. And the biggest challenge we have is when the client gets excited and they keep adding more and more, upgrading their fixtures, or they see something inspiring on a HGTV show or something online and they would like to add that feature, not understanding the infrastructure change that's required to make that happen and the significant cost associated with it. So then we revise the budget, come back, and often they're floored by something not fully understanding the cost associated with that change, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, that's where we help out. We typically up front, we try to find out what their bottom line budget is, what their, their comfort zone is on spending. And we put together a proposal for the best use of their money within their budget, the best project we can within what they can afford. Right. Okay. What's your take on, you know, the, the television shows where they're doing massive renos and, you know, deciding, you know, love it or le- list it or whatever that show is called? Yeah. I mean, I take those with a very large grain of salt. 
Uh, those are edited and fast-tracked, so you don't really see a lot of the true process that we go through, especially in the demolition phase. Like when we do demo on a reno, that's always for us the wild card of the project because we don't know what we're going to uncover until we open something up. I can't see through the walls and flooring to see what we have for what's behind that drywall, what's underneath your flooring. So those tend to not really be emphasized or focused on in these shows where, oh, look at all the problems they ran into and they quickly band-aid over them so they <laughs> stick to this timeline and there's no extra cost, but realistically there, there would have had to have been. Right. And that's where I think people don't really understand the need for contingency budgets in a renovation project. I always say to every client, you should count on 8 to 10% contingency because there will be a surprise somewhere. Right. So what sort of surprises, like what, what sort of surprises have you come across? Well, I guess it depends. Usually it has to do with rough in components that are in strange places. So we open up a wall that we are expecting to be able to remove. It's not load bearing, whatever. And suddenly there is a random plumbing stack that should not be there or wiring that somehow was routed in a way that doesn't make any sense, right? And a lot of it has to do with previous homeowners doing projects themselves, not knowing code requirements, and they're leaving surprises for us that we need to clean up. Or we've, we've come across places with bearing walls that were torn out in previous renos that someone didn't understand it was bearing, and us having to do massive reinforcements to the roof truss structure because there's a bearing wall that's been removed. And this was removed probably 10 years before, and the place held. But when we took the ceiling down, we could see that there was major stress on the roof structure and that was where you know it's like holy smokes we need to replace this wall or build a beam or and that's where we have oh change order because look what we found right okay and, and so that's a real life situation you ran into yeah recently on a project yeah yeah and we see it all the time and it's one of those things where we prepare for it we prepare our clients for it just be aware we will likely find something so usually the demo phase we have it set up for the client to be there for an inspection so that we can walk through and show what we've found. And hopefully it's nothing. And everything went as expected, great. On to phase two, which is now reconstruction. But that deconstruction phase is the wild card. And people should be prepared for a surprise. Right. And obviously, the older the house, the more likely the surprise. Yes and no. Uh, it just depends on how many times that house has been sold and who's worked on it. We've seen some older houses that have had great bones and... Like we understand how certain things were built during certain eras in time. And so what to expect from a house that's from a certain construction period. The wild card becomes when that's been renovated by who knows who with what materials and how they've made the change. And that's where it becomes a mystery until you expose it. So I wouldn't say there's any particular, I mean, boom time houses, those can be a bit of a a can of worms because a lot of houses got put up very quickly without much inspection, without proper permitting. Right. And so that, that can be a problem. Right. So these are 10 and 11 year old houses right. where there, there's surprising surprises. Right. And we don't renovate that many houses from that era. It usually is if someone buys one and they want to make a change because they are planning to be there long term. But mostly we the houses that we're into now are older than that because they need renovation because they are now, you know, just deteriorating. These 10, 11 year old houses are still generally in good condition. They just want, somebody wants to renovate them because they don't like the configuration or they would like to make a aesthetic change. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously you can run into time delays based on 
discovering issues in the demo process. What sort of time delays or cost overruns can you run into on the reconstruction or the renovation side of things? The most common one for us would be client changes. They decide after we've been through design and we've been through demo, we've done all our rough in work, they'd like to make a change to a layout or a material. Mm-hmm. And that for us um, can be very challenging because at that point, everything has to stop and reassess what you've done on rough in and either order new material or track down the fixture that's been substituted or whatnot. So those are the most common things for us is the client changing their mind about something. Mm -hmm. On our end, sometimes we'll have an idea of something that might make the end result better for the client. And at that point, we propose that to the client, let them know here's the cost associated with it. And here would be the time delay for the project. So they can consider that and make a decision as to whether that makes sense to them and they approve it ultimately. Mm-hmm. Do you ever run into a situation where, you know, the homeowners have started to do a, a project themselves and then they run into trouble and they're like, oh, geez, Paul, we need your help now? Yes, we've run into those certainly in the past. Not so much the homeowner doing the work, but the homeowner having hired amateurs who could come in and do the work for very low cost. And then they realize quickly that there are major delays. There isn't progress on the site. They got the deposit. They took off. They aren't getting anywhere with their project. And they realize they need help. They need a professional to help clean this up. And then that's most often with the calls that we get. And then we come in and evaluate the work that's been completed or partially completed. And then look at it and determine whether we can leave it. Is it to code? Is it done properly? Can we build on top of that or does it need to come out and restart? Mm-hmm. And those are very hard conversations for clients at that point because they've already spent money on a trade who was supposed to have done something for them. And often, they, if they have, it hasn't been done properly. And now they need to spend the money a second time, right? Plus the cost of additional demolition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now in the marketplace, it's, it's hard for uh, the renovators that are established because a lot of people are out of work and deciding they're handy and they can do renovations. So a lot of Bill and Joe Reno starting up. And we see these guys coming in and they're bidding on projects far below what would be considered a break-even point on a project for an established contractor. And we understand that these guys, they have no overhead, sure, the cost can be less, but there's no experience, expertise there. And there's a lot of messes happening now. And we've worked really hard over the last few years to get the reputation of contractors to improve that reputation, get away from all those shady guys. And unfortunately now we have a whole bunch of people that, I mean, they're making an honest effort, but they just aren't qualified to do it. So we're seeing a lot more problems on projects now as delays, wasted money, where we're trying to convince people it costs more to have an experienced, qualified company come in and do it up front. But in the long run, it's way less money because we aren't going to make a mess of it. We'll be done when we say we are. And the quality of work will be there and there'll be a warranty. Whereas the other guys that come in, the number looks great up front, but expect delays, expect quality work issues, and don't expect a warranty because they will be back to work in their regular jobs once the economy picks up. Okay. So how should someone go about choosing a contractor? I would say, I mean, do your research, check references, look for reviews, check for profiles on... I mean, I'm a fan of House. I think it's a great resource. You can look on there online and get inspired for projects. You can find good contractors locally. I mean, BBB is a good place to look because you need to have 
you, you can see there if there's been previous problems on projects and with their business. You know, word of mouth and referral, ask people you trust for someone they'd recommend. But even if you get a referral from someone you trust, you still need to go through the vetting process once again and do your homework. Check portfolios, check for reviews, get past client references, you know, and, and look at how long have they been around? What can I expect from them in the long run? Right? That would be my recommendation. Right. Okay. So how should the deposit process work? You know, presumably there should be a contract, obviously. Right. Absolutely. I mean, any contractor who is taking deposits should have a prepaid contractor's license and insurance for that. So what that does is it basically secures a client's deposit. So on our projects, we take on average 20 to 25% upfront. And that covers the material costs of the project and the labor costs for the first leg until the first milestone payment that would come as your second payment. So that prepaid license, uh, prepaid contractor's license and bond ultimately, what that does is when you give me your deposit of whatever, say $20,000, that is insured. So if something happens and I don't follow through and whatnot, your deposit is insured. You can get that money back, not for me now, it's an insurance company will return your deposit to you. So if you're hiring somebody and they want money up front, which most people will need money up front to cover your mater the material costs on your project, make sure they have that license. Right? Okay. And certainly, absolutely, there should be a contract there that discloses exactly what the scope of work is, the specific materials and fixtures that are being installed. Right. right. There should be also milestone breakdown for progress payments. So, you know, upon completion of demolition and rough in and past inspections, milestone payment one upon, you know, the next milestone. And it should be done in a way that spreads the payments throughout the length of the project. And you need to make sure they have at the very end a 10% holdback that you release to your contractor once everything is done to your satisfaction based on the terms of that contract. Right. Okay. Now, a lot of people will try to do stuff without getting permits for renos. What's your take on that? Well, I think it's a mistake. It can certainly come back to, to get you in the long run. And it, I guess ultimately depends on the scope of the project. The city can be unclear sometimes as to when they actually require you have a permit. And if you call 311 and ask, often the people there will say, yes, absolutely need a permit. Well, there have been times that inspectors come back and give us a hard time because they're inspecting such a small scope. And at that point, it helps if you know somebody at the city to be able to clarify where that, where's, where, where's it black and white and where is it not, right? right? So permits, the development permits, absolutely. You're finishing your basement, you need a development permit. Building permits are required for certain functions as well. Absolutely electrical, plumbing, HVAC permits should be pulled. And those are things that for us, for all of our electrical and plumbing work, it's always subbed out to a licensed contractor because there's a huge liability that comes with plumbing electrical work. If we flood your house, your house gets burnt down, there's a major liability there. Right. So permitting is something that we we insist that all of our sub-trades pull their permit on those type of functions. And then for us, we won't develop basements without the, the development permit because ultimately that's back on me as your contractor, right? So, and we don't want the reputation at the within the city of Edmonton of being a contractor that's renegade who doesn't pull permits where they should be. So we do it all in the up and up and that's in our best interest and ultimately for the client too because when they go to sell their house, if the proper permits weren't pulled, 
well, then you have a major issue mm-hmm. upon sale. Right. Okay. Tell me a couple of horror stories that you've run into on, um, you know, do-it-yourself projects that have gone sideways. Recently, what did we find here? We had a job that we came into and started a while back. And it wasn't a do-it-yourself, but it was, again, it was someone who was hired who should not have been doing this as a contractor, business person. We saw some doors that were installed upside down. <laughs> okay. The client was sold a product supposed to be a triple pane window. Dual pane were installed. I think of other examples for you. There's been a lot over the years. We've had clients before who have tried to save money by handling demolition on their own. Okay. And somebody wanted to tear out their own cabinets. And they literally tore out their own cabinets having failed to disconnect the water supply lines <laughs> from the sink. And they literally tore it out and subsequently they flooded their basement because they tore the, they broke the water lines and there was a major leak. So at times we see clients volunteering to do their own demo and, and I often advise against it for, you know, for that reason. And, and often it creates more work for us because they haven't controlled the demolition properly. Now there's services that are damaged that we now need to renovate. We wouldn't have had to before. Right. I guess one of the potential hazards too is running into asbestos in demos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's something you need to, you need to test for and it's within our contracts. It's a prerequisite for certain areas of homes, understanding that drywall compound might have asbestos, ceiling texture. There are certain floor tiles and materials that you need to look out for. And that's something that... We will flag that and often ask the client, have you had these services tested? If you haven't, I can do it for you. The cost is not great. I think on average, we'll charge about $100 for an asbestos test. And that's the cost of the test itself, plus time for my guys to take a sample and go drop it off. Not a big cost, but it's important that you know that in advance to, you know, to avoid risk, liability risk of having contaminated your workspace for your family, the workers that are there, et cetera. Okay. Paul, if you were to, you know, get a call from uh, friends or relatives in another city, and obviously, you know, you're not in a position where you're going to be the person going to do the work, how would you, like, what qualities would you suggest that the people are looking for? You know, beyond, obviously, you know, are they licensed and do they have WCB, right? That should be the minimum standard, right? right? But how do you choose one contractor over another? Again, I would say do your research look to see how long have they been in operation. Do they have certain basic things like, is there a website? Do they have portfolio pictures that show what they've done before? Do they have legitimate clients that they've worked for that will provide references? Also, check, because I mean, you can make references are only as good as the paper they're written on and who's on the other end of the phone. Check to see who some of their trade partners are to legitimize that business relationship. Do they pay their sub-trades? Do they pay their vendors? Are they still owing money on projects, materials or projects from two years ago and they've, they've lost a vendor relationship? Those are good things to know. And I mean, don't go hire a private detective to go you know, follow your potential contractor around, but do your research. Check, look for presence online, you know, Google them, absolutely. Paul, is there anything that you wanna add before we wrap up the uh, interview today? Yes, I do. I think people need to put more emphasis and understand the importance of the design phase of a project. Properly planning your project, doing the research on the materials you plan to use, the layout, making sure it works 
spend some time and potentially some money on a contractor who can help with design because nothing is worse for us than taking on a project from a client who's done a design or has a design that doesn't really make sense and you know that in the long run they won't be happy with it and it's important that people put more thought in advance into the layout and delivery of their project and because in the end whether you're spending 10,000 or 200,000 you want the money to be well spent and so that in the end you have a project you're happy with the end result and People are often very excited and anxious about starting right away. They have limited window, holy smokes, there's a baby coming or something has to happen quickly and they rush into their project only to ultimately end up with a project they are reasonably happy with. That could have been so much better had they just taken an extra week and consulted with somebody who helps with design, who's more experienced. And you know, we don't just build what we're asked to build. We take that under consideration. We kind of counter offer the best proposal we can and go, would you consider these changes for this reason? Have you considered this, the impact this might have on, on you and your family if you don't make this change? And that's something that we run into quite often. So we often try to slow down that process up front so everyone breathes a little bit and thinks things through. And you know, something that sounds great, there's a great sale on this product, need to buy it now, the sale's over. Well, maybe there's a reason it's on sale. Maybe it's being liquidated because it's known to be problematic. So take your time, do your research. Don't just go and make decisions in haste. Okay, Paul Foster, Contact Renovations. Thanks for joining me on the show, Paul. Thank you, Jason. It's been a pleasure. 